Previously on Amazing Fantasy Football, our heroes discussed the state of the union for the AFC. In the starting conclusion, they discussed the state of the NFC. Stay tuned for more Amazing Fantasy Football. And we're back with the NFC this time. Uh, we're talking about the state of the, the NFC. The, that would be the National Football Conference or whatever it's, the NFC stands for. Not That's exactly not, what not it stands for. for. Not for coconuts? <laughs> and cut, that one really went off the rails real quick. Um, Josh is getting tired, and that means that we need to get going here. We are here to talk about the state of the NFC. And, of course, we're going to, as we mentioned in, the, in, the pre, in part one of this two-part episode here, that we, are, we go by half-point scoring, and we go by... We presume that players are not going to get injured with some exceptions, but for the most part, yeah. They have to have a pretty long history of, of, for us to assume they're not going to get, assuming they're going to get injured, you know? Mm -hmm. You're, um, oh boy, what's that guy? You're John Browns, if you will, which we didn't mention right. in the in the news segment before, but John Brown got cut by the, the Oakland Raiders, or the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, so yeah, he's yeah. no longer a part of that team. Which, uh, whatever, you weren't drafted. He's him been he's been hanging on by a thread for about a year and a half, probably. Yeah, I just like just what could have been with John Brown, you know? For sure, for sure, he had no favors done for him in terms of sickle cell anemia. So, yep, and hamstring and blah blah blah. So like we started out with with the AFC, we're going to start off with the NFC North here. Um, that of course starts out alphabetically with the Chicago Bears. Andy Dalton, he's your week one starter, and he is the starter, the starter, the starter <laughs> for the Bears as of right now. Should you consider drafting him week one to be your week one starter for your fantasy team? Not against the Rams, no sir. Not against that defense whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But let's let's move along to David Montgomery here. Last season, he was the number four overall running back. As supposedly he looks faster, supposedly. I'm just not buying that a 24-year-old person can increase their speed in any significant way. I, I mean, I just, I, I don't think so. Like, if he was, like, 19, like, yeah, sure, whatever. Maybe 20, maybe 21. Yeah, he probably dropped some weight and whatever, but like to really significantly increase his speed to the point where like David Montgomery wasn't really that fast to begin with. So I'm just, I don't think that he's a track star now. Don't care. Tariq Cohen, and it appears that Tariq Cohen is going, is currently listed as out and may not be able to go week one. I'm not positive that increases Monty's week one value because the Bears also brought in Damian Williams to help spell Monty and to be a good insurance policy for in case Monty goes down. Um, it could be more of a timeshare than we're currently thinking. Damian Williams is a very competent do-it-all running back. He's, you know, like I said, a do-it-all but master of none sort of guy. Alan Robinson, on the other hand, is uh, a guy that Chris and I both love. He is mm -hmm. both of our wide receiver nine, according to our ranks. And I, I like I think last season Allen Robinson has shown that he is virtually quarterback proof. He had Mitch Mitchell Trubisky, he had Nick Foles as as his quarterback, and he still finished as what the wide receiver like eleven on the season. Yeah, 
the it's only ridiculous. reason that he doesn't finish as a top 12 or like even like a top 15 wide receiver is because of Darnell Mooney. And Darnell Mooney, as anyone who has ever followed this show in the last nine months, like as we are sitting here at September 2nd, knows that I have been all over Darnell Moody and even before the end of last season, just watching because I live in Iowa, I have to watch a lot of Bears games because, you know, whatever. Close to Chicago. Yep. Darnell Mooney is I think the Bears really think that he they caught lightning a bottle with Mooney by getting him as a six round draft pick in twenty twenty. He is currently going as the wide receiver forty six off the board at the ten oh five. He could really be a real good sleeper here. Marquise Goodwin, he is the wide receiver three for the Bears, which isn't bad, but he has been often injured and has bounced around over several teams over the past few years. I'm just staying away from from Goodwin. On to Cole Komet. Oh, boy. This is the guy that I went through, and I went through three different websites. According to ESPN.com, ChicagoBears.com, and OurLads.com, Cole Komet is listed as the number one tight end for the Chicago Bears above Jimmy Graham. Um, I love Cole Komet this season. He is going free. You can easily Mm -hmm. pick him Mm -hmm. up. Maybe even not after week one. You can like you can get him for free. Maybe as like a a five dollar bit or even like a two dollar bit after week one. I think unless he explodes in week one, he's going to be cheap. Which we don't expect because it's Dalton. Which we don't expect because it's Dalton versus the Rams. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't draft Cole Komet. But if you're if you're tight end that you took a flyer on late in in your draft doesn't pan out. Get him, get him super cheap, and put and stash him on your bench. I would say a quick Jimmy, interlude, real quick. I two seconds is just to remind the folks at home. We probably beat it to death a little bit, but the Troutman versus Komet thing. Like, remember a week or two ago, I was like, I'm more on Komet now because of the potential of maybe Fields taking over, but also the Troutman negativity. The uh, I, I'm sorry, Johnson. I don't know who you're talking about. Who? Troutman. I'm sorry, my bad. Oh, Adam Troutman. Okay, I always yes. butcher that one, Mister Mister Literary. Um, <laughs> um, but no, seriously, like like Troutman kind of just getting not, not not just negative press, really, not just hype, not just fluff, but like legitimately, Jawan Johnson was in there getting snaps, and he's got a little bit of buzz. So I've kind of flipped him. Doesn't mean I'm reneging on the bet. I'm just saying that you know, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Real quick, on to Jimmy Graham. He is probably still going to be involved in short yardage and end zone situations. But I'm thinking that this is Jimmy G's, like, and I'm not talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, but this is Jimmy Graham's, like, final NFL season. He might have one more left, like, take a league minimum on, on on a roster somewhere. Yeah, I think he's done. I think he's cooked. That Achilles injury really killed him, and this is also why I'm out on Cam Akers long-term. Let's move on to the uh, Detroit Lions, though. Jared Goff. He's a guy who could we could all be potentially sleeping on. The Lions' offensive rank, offensive line rank is 10th, according to PFF, Going that would be pro football focus, going into 2021. 10th. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. If Goff had better weapons, we would all be much higher on him. Yep. Think, you know, I don't a know. A couple years ago. Cooper Cup and and, mm-hmm. and uh, Robert Woods. But even then, like, even more elite weapons than that, you know. Um, but let's, talk, let's, let's move on to the running backs here. 
DeAndre Swift, he's been dealing with a groin injury, and it sounds like he's in real danger of not being available for week one. If this is the case, you have to drop him at least a round or two due to uncertainty of when he's actually going to be able to play. If Swift can't go, though, Jamal Williams, baby. Jamal Williams. Mm-hmm. He's a very capable back, and he, and he was very capable of filling in for Aaron Jones, too. But on to Jamar Jefferson here. I mean, I don't think that people should really ignore the fact that Jamar Jefferson exists. He is a seventh-round pick. Yeah, that's pretty late. But apparently he has caught the he's caught the eye and made a good impression upon amongst the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And if, if Swift's going to be out, he's potentially going to get a, a time to shine. Potentially, just don't forget the name. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the wide receivers here. As I mentioned, uh, at some point, Rashad Perryman has been cut by the Lions. And they've cut a lot of wide receivers for a team that need is was very wide receiver needy. It is boiling down to Tyrell Williams, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and to a much le- lesser extent, Quintez Cephas, which I love the last name Cephas. Right. But I just I like Quintez Cephas is kind of just a, a guy, I guess. Maybe he has some fantasy value. I don't think so. But um I'm I'm really rising on Tyrell Williams. Like he had, he does have a thousand yard season underneath his belt. But at what point do you draft Tyrell Williams? That's kind of up to you and how your draft flows. I would much rather take Amon Ross St. Brown as like the flyer to te- to be yeah. the say the the Cooper Cup, if you will, for the Detroit Lions. On to T.J. Hawkinson at the tight end position. Go Hawks, of course. I firmly believe that as long as Hawks stays healthy, he will be the target leader in this offense. He is he For is sure. no Kyle Pitts in the sense that he's the unicorn. No, yeah, but he does both. He does both all things well. I think he's he is the best. Uh, he is one of the best all around tight ends to come out in the last couple of years by a lot of what from what a lot of people have said. And still an athlete, like still classified as an yeah, athlete. And he's good at and he's good at catching as well. Yeah, he has some yep. drops in in year one, but now he's entering into his third season, which the third or fourth year for tight ends is usually when they start putting it together if they're going to. Heralding back to last episode when we were talking about. Uh, in the new segment about the Vikings getting Chris Herndon, he's hitting a year four. He was he has been healthy and and suspended, so maybe it's really more year three for Herndon. It could be a thing. More on that here in a second. Um, on let's move on to the Green Bay Packers. So Aaron Rodgers, he is the as most people know, he's the reigning NFL MVP. Uh, my biggest concern for Rodgers is the offensive line. You kind of buried it in the news in part one, uh, back, but uh, David Bakhtiari, he's going to miss what? At least a game? At least three. Yeah, it's IR. Oh, at least they, put, they did put him on, on short-term IR. Yeah, let me which, bet that. Man, we need to sure start calling correct. it sir. the short-term but, injury return. Yeah, because it's the beginning of the season sir. stuff. If you get it done before roster cuts, is it? Anyway, whatever they term it, before the regular season starts, it's a short-term IR thing. No, it's, it's or, even in the middle of the season. You can still you can still stir. So there's two too. designations now. There's straight up IR, which yep. is like eight weeks, and you only get like one stir uh, player though. So there's three weeks and eight weeks and season ending. I'm, I'm anyway. You're right. We should. No, I think that it's better. just three weeks, and Period. then there's season long. 
Oh. Man, I'm, I might be wrong. Anyways, Used to, but it was eight weeks, like a year. Let's or two let's ago. keep let's keep rolling here. We'll update um, you folks on the regular during the regular season on that. Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> like that whole subjective versus objective thing that we never actually resolved. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, and you know what happened? I ended up punching a dictionary because of it. Oh, um, <laughs> he deserved it. But anyways, back to the Packers' offensive line. Losing an all-pro, not all-star, but all-pro center in um, Corey Lindsley, Lindsley to the yeah. to the Chargers mm-hmm. has can really, really deter a quarterback's um, off, uh, offensive production. And David Bakhtiari, who I believe was also all-pro last season as well, him missing the first three games, no bueno. So Aaron Rodgers could there could be some some uh, rough seas ahead for Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers, and maybe potentially Aaron Jones too. He's my RB five. Maybe should I, and Chris is RB six. Maybe we should both lower him a little bit because of that. But it seems to it seems to be that like if you look at their death chart, that there are some they did draft a, a, a rookie center, um, and there's some there's some um, contingencies in place for Bakhtiari. But I don't know, man. Aaron Jones, he's going to get a boatload of catches. He, he He's For great sure. on the ground. My only concern is that A.J. Dillon might vulture some touchdowns, but Aaron Jones is very capable of doing some short yardage work as well. Speaking he just hasn't Dillon, got much opportunity. Uh, he has more than you think. Mm-hmm. I've, I've personally watched it. Um, it will be interesting to see what Dylan's role really is this season. I'm not drafting him. I'm not advocating anyone to draft him other than as a handcuff to Aaron Jones because I don't mm-hmm. really know what else is on the roster other than those two guys. Um, if you're really interested in getting Aaron Jones a handcuff, it is Quadzilla, AJ Dillon. Amen. Devontae Adams, he's my wide receiver one. I believe he's your wide receiver two. Aaron Rodgers and him, they have a real connection. They, these, I mean, when you talk about quarterback wide receiver connections, it is like think Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne, that sort of connection. And mm-hmm. in the red zone, oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers is looking for Devontae Adams. I do want to talk about MVS here for a second. That is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He averages over his career 17.8 yards per reception. The problem with that is that it's only 50.5% catch rate and five, and averages five drops per season. And I know drops can be subjective, but whatever. Objective. You, you insert the proper one there. MVS is going into his fourth season. He's probably not going to turn around. But he does have size. He's six four, and he's got speed to do it too. If he could just track the ball and track and catch that damn ball more or more efficiently, then he could easily be a top twenty. Not maybe not top twenty four, but easily be more of a top thirty six guy. You know, like think of oh, who was that guy that was a really great punt like returner? Flex Turner. I'm sorry, which yeah. returner? Like a high end flex. There was a, there was a guy that was a real good. Um, he was for the Carolina Panthers recently, more recent. Uh, I'm spacing on his name. Anyways, let's let's keep going down the the depth chart here. Alan Lazard, eh, Randall Carb, no. I've said Carb, Randall Cobb, no. Robert Tunyon, on the other hand, though, he is mm. both mine and Chris's tight end seven. Supposedly oh, Tunyon has. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah, both of us. Uh, and I've and I've adjusted my ranks and everything, and mm-hmm. I, I did not move Tunyon whatsoever. At least I don't think I don't remember doing so. But supposedly Tunyon has looked good this off season. I would really like him to become more. Or I'm sorry, less tight end or tight end, less touchdown dependent okay. and more reception and yards dependent. And hopefully he does this season with kind of a, a still a lack of wide receiver talent there. L- lack of a two or three at receiver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a, a true two or three. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or pick who, on, pick on who it to, is. Week uh, very yeah. lastly, here the Minnesota Vikings. Um, it where of course have to talk about Kirk Cousins, Captain Kirk. He gets this is my new uh, draft day late round QB to target. Captain Kirk, Kirk Cousins. He is getting the Bengals subpar defense in Week One, and because of this, he is my. I've already said that. Um, but Cousins is going as quarterback twenty-one off the board, That's... and at the thirteen oh eight, you can mm-hmm. get Cousins so late he's practically free, and to be your week one quarterback with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen there, and Dalvin Cook catching the ball in the backfield mm-hmm. too. Yeah, it might be more of a the Dalvin Cook show, like because the Vikings did run the ball like almost more than any other team last season. But man. At I'm sorry, 13 you away as your, your QB what? I dra- What's that? He's your QB what? I missed it. I don't remember. I don't know what oh, he is. Fine, off fine. The, I, I don't know what referenced. he is. It's my quarterback rankings. He is my QB uh, 12 because of it. Because I changed it. I changed it because of this. Because after about like QB 9 or so, I, hear you. I, start, looking exactly. at, I start looking at week 1 matchups. And then I just stream. Yep. Yep, that's exactly why I asked. Personal yeah. philosophy. He's my, he's let's talk about Davin Cook here. Mm-hmm. He is mine and just about everyone else's number two overall pick. Cook's great. The offensive line is is supposedly going to be better, if not a little bit improved. And Cook is ju- Cousins is just good enough to keep defenses on their toes, especially with those receiving weapons. All that adds up it, it to it being. To me, being like—I don't know what that's supposed to say. That's that's all gibberish. I, that really doesn't make any sense here in my notes. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> um, but let's talk about Alexander Madison here real quick. He is a very capable hand uh, handcuff to Cook. Um, he doesn't really have a lot of standalone value. He's not a um, like a I don't know, like a JD a McKissick or, or like a... maybe a Tony Pollard or um, mm. you know, like a, a, a or like. To, to uh, definitely not like a Jamal Williams. Yeah, like he's just he's he's a handcuff, and if you want to handcuff Cook, great. If you have deep benches in your league, great. Great, get Alexander Madison. Boom. On to Justin Jefferson. Do you remember when the when people were criticizing the Vikings for having two slot receivers and Adam Thielen and Jefferson, Justin Jefferson? I do. Those people were wrong. I might have been one of them. I don't remember. I work a lot and also have. Oh, you know, when Jefferson was drafted, done some, uh, some illegal stuff in my slot, life to really kill some brain, ton of brain slot, cells, right? Didn't didn't Jefferson play? Didn't Jefferson play a ton of slot in slot in college? That's why when he came at in, LSU, they thought, yes. And Thielen Justin and Jefferson just got finished. Though. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Thielen is perfectly accomplished on the outside, well enough in the As last well. couple yeah, of years. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, let's let's keep moving here. Uh, Justin Jefferson, like I said, is legit. He belongs as the wide receiver seven, according to ADP. That even might be a little too low. It just kind of depends. Um, Adam Thielen, he's getting older. 
He is going as the wide receiver 21 off the board at the 505. He's my receiver 16. He's Chris's 19. Both of those are pretty respectable and at least on par with ADP. Not not outrageous. Mm-hmm. Um I there's I just I don't think that his age should let you deter, and especially in a redraft from drafting Adam Thielen, especially as your wide receiver two. I mean, I think at the five hundred five, he could zone. potentially even be your wide receiver three. You I think know, they feature him in the red zone still. I think his red zone statistics have been his, solid his red his years. red zone efficiency has been really good. Let's mm-hmm. move along to tight end, like uh, Chris said in part one of this two parter. Irv Smith has a knee injury and he is probably going to miss the rest of the season. And Chris Herndon is there and I'm just not drafting Herndon. He might be a waiver wire darling. I want to see it to believe it. I'm yep. and, and until he does it and, and frankly uh, drink. <laughs> it, it might have to be a couple weeks before I, I thought, even consider. Herndon. I thought we drink when I said it, this doesn't seem fair. You have to drink when you say it. I didn't say it. You said it. I know. And that's why I said drink, and which was a drink to me, not to you. Oh, well, I drink anyway. Cheers. Yeah, well, as you should. <laughs> Let's move along to the NFC East, home that's of me. Chris's Dallas Rangers. Yes. So we're going to start in alphabetical order, which is C or D or D or C. It's not the Rangers, it's the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, right? Let's go, folks. Certainly um, not Spider-Man's team. Definitely Spider-Man's team because he hates the Giants. Okay, so let's Jets. talk about this. Uh, let's talk about this quarterback. Dak is a full go. Let's let's just squash all the off-season talk. They were being cautious. He's going to start week one. Yeah, exactly. He will be very close, if not at a hundred percent. He should be a top five QB on the field and in fantasy this season. Started every game of his career, except for the ones he was injured in, obviously, <laughs> is what I'm saying. He was a starter from day one. So every, you know, and, and he didn't miss a game until last year. Not a single game. Uh, 69 games and never missed one. Nice. Uh, on pace for 36 touchdowns, minus the game he was injured last year. If you take his pace. It, really? it, it, yeah, if you take out the game he was injured, it was 36 touchdowns. I forget the math was was if you included that game. But he didn't he didn't finish it and he didn't play to the first half anyway. Uh that's it for Dak. Just, you know, draft him where you can, uh in turn. Oh no, I'm sorry, that's not all I had on him. 0.35 rushing touchdowns per game for his career. That gives you about five or six rushing touchdowns per year. Even if you want to play devil's advocate and say like they're gonna dial that back, you're still talking about three or four t- rushing touchdowns per year. That's very respectable for what he's putting up through the air. Zeke uh, has been riding, rising up rankings and ADP lately. Uh, for actually, not even lately, for the past several weeks, steadily. He could pretty much throw last year out the window for a multitude of reasons, most of which is his hurt quarterback and his very hurt offensive line. Yet he still finished mm-hmm. as an RB1. Uh, he looks to be in great shape and is poised for a huge year, in my opinion. Uh, I think the really where kind of the, the, the meat of it lies is trying to decide between the receivers and their ADP this year. Amari or CD, right? A CD or Amari. I think long-term the answer is obviously uh, CD. So in redraft, this is a different 
conversation. Uh, but it's a lot closer than people think. I think there's a lot of hype thrown on CD because of the youth movement, because of, uh, you know, the big plays and the amazing catches. Uh, but I believe Amari has the best year of his career and is the better fantasy wide receiver at the end of the day. And I also believe that these two are kind of a half a step above the Rams receivers. Uh, although Josh might be a little bit higher on cup than I, although we're both very high on cup. Getting on to the tight uh -huh. ends for the tight end for Dallas. Jarwin is uh, uh, tops in my late round tight end group. Uh, volume is really the culprit there. Um, yeah, you have to mention Dal Dalton Schultz name in terms of if they want to run uh, more two tight end sets. But let's be honest, they have Michael Gallup on the roster who I didn't mention the wide receiver portion because I'm kind of staying away because I feel so strongly about Amari and CD. But hey, I think they're more of a three wide receiver team than a two tight end team. On to the Washington football team. Uh, I'm very high on the Washington office this season, thanks to Fitzmagic. But in terms of drafting Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick, my apologies. <laughs> I like the better late round uh, QB targets, but I do believe he can support some of these fantasy assets. Antonio Gibson is poised for a breakout year, in my opinion, and should get plenty of looks both on the ground and through the air. Let's just hope J.D. Mizkizik doesn't sap too much of that receiving work this season. But he's there. As far as wide receivers, Terry McLaren, 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 something like McLaren. that. I butcher it every time, folks. I'm sorry. There's it's a U in there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, is going to be the primary beneficiary of a better, more catchable targets and a willingness to throw down the field of courtesy of Ryan Fitzpatrick. While there's uncertainty surrounding the two and three wide, re wide receiver spots due to Curtis Simo's injury and an uninspiring Adam Humphreys manning the slot. Uh, although we gave an update earlier in uh, the last show about uh, Curtis, uh, Ron Rivera feels pretty confident about Curtis Samuels starting week one. Logan Thomas Lee has quietly become, quietly become an offensive weapon in this league. I would like to edit that note right now. He has not quietly become an offensive weapon anymore because his ADP is getting a little out of hand, last I heard. But uh, I meant quietly in terms of I feel like in outside of the fantasy realm, it's just it's not talked about much. His target share was amazing last year. Can, can I have you... Um, I'm sorry, you cut out there. You were talking about Logan Thomas. And, and did you not talk about Diami Brown? I no, think I that, My yeah, apologies. I think that maybe it's just a name to bring up. He is a rookie. Um, there has been there has been some positive notes about him, not recently, but in in camp and everything. Probably won't make the starting roster, like he mm -hmm. won't be a starter. But maybe mm -hmm. a name to keep an eye on if he, if production ensues, especially if Curtis Samuel is going to miss. If a, Curtis a Samuel can't get back, yeah. Although, as we just said, you know, Ron Rivera felt feels good about that, but. Yeah, it's not like we're running out of their draft. Sorry, once again, you, you cut out there out for a second, so I just wanted to clarify. No, you're good. Keep going. Good. Moving on to the Giants. Unless he's uh, your third quarterback in Superflex, Standing Dimes is undraftable. Moving on. Let's talk about Saquon. That's a little more relevant, right? Uh, Saquon has dropped in ADP and rankings due to his questionable availability in the first two weeks of the of the, of the season giants have shown us nothing but the utmost patience with his health so that worries me a little bit however we did just get an update uh last day or so about uh them starting to have some optimistic uh, optimism about him starting week one so that adp might be moving a little bit but uh just just really keep that in mind folks if you've got a better option to go with a more reliable option do it but otherwise we'll see where he ends up 
take one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh keep going. I'm gonna look I'm gonna do a quick peek on his ADP. Keep going. There you go. Uh, Kenny Galladay has started his Giants career off with hamstring issues, but he should see true number one volume. Uh, Sterling Shepard could be a steal if Galladay can't go in the first week or so. Um, Evan Ingram was in the late round tight end flyer territory, but now his week one status is in question, so he's undraftable as of now. So if you want to go top to bottom in terms of Ingram being questionable, Galladay having hamstring issues, although it looks like he's going to go, uh, we'll see. Uh, and of course, Saquon, the, the, the elephant in the room, it's just, it's, it's a lot of wait and see for me, but I know we all have to draft this week. We all have to, if you haven't drafted already, you're drafting this weekend. So I am, this is the on, weekend to draft. I know. I'm just, Saquon is that guy that you just have to watch out for. I don't know how you have to, you have to keep up with your news, you know, join our discord, put your notifications on on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter and let's see if we can figure out what's going off with Saquon right before draft time because this is huge. Like I understand I'm down on the quarterback, I understand I'm down on the offensive line, but the volume is going to be there if he's on the field. And he will be eventually. I firmly believe that. We just don't know if it's gonna be week one, two, or three. Moving well said, on. Uh you Saquon's got, you got Saquon's yep. ADP right now is he's tied with Tiger Kill at the one eleven. And okay, and I want to make sure that this too high format me. is right. This is like I saw the same thing earlier. Now that you mentioned it, so like even a month ago, there was it was like Devonte Adams and like right around the mid mid like he's at the one hundred seven now, but he was at like the one hundred six, and then Tyreek Hill is at like at the one hundred nine second round. Okay, fair. And and now he's at the one eleven. Stephon Diggs was good, like at the two hundred two. Like all these receivers kind of crept down for running backs, and I'm just like, I don't know. I think Aaron Jones. I don't know about. For this running back, for Saquon, man, I just, I'm scared. You're scared. I, I get it. If you made me draft um, tonight, I'm not drafting him. Was that the NFC East? Nope. I have the Eagles. Oh, right. AKA the Eagles. Uh, shout the out to Igloo. Keith. Shout out to Keith, our friend. Hertz could present a good value due to his running ability, but with an ADP of the 811 at QB12, I'm out. There's, it goes back to what was the other guy we mentioned earlier about QB twelve right at that I think was it Lawrence maybe I'm like yeah. there's no reason there's no reason I have to take this risk there is no reason I have to take this risk in most twelve team single quarterback leagues I just I'm out I just I don't believe in the guy through the air I don't believe in the way the team has been run in the past couple of years uh, uh, they, I, the, the, he does get the Falcons in week one so there's that. That's fair. That's a good point. Uh, so, uh, you know, the long and short of it is I'm not relying on this Philly team this year other than Miles Sanders and maybe the rookie Devontae Smith in a, in a deep dive here. Sanders is going to have to capture a good snap share and fend off Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell and return value on his ADP, which is, I think, right around 21 or something, RDP 21 maybe. As I said, Devontae Smith could have some value as the best wide receiver on the team, which isn't saying much uh, if you can get him late. But Hertz has me worried. Uh, with Zach Hertz fully bought in back in town and said he wants to retire as an Eagle, both Philly tight ends are off the board for me. That really? was the NFC East. Yeah. I just, what no, would just, you say? Where do you think Zach Hertz is going in drafts? Just just real quick guess. Give me a round. 14th. Just give me a round real quick. 14th round. 
You are absolutely correct at 1401. At 1401, oh. I will definitely – I will definitely – that's the kind of guy that I'm going to wait on, like, completely punt on tight end and get Zach Ertz. And you have no problem dropping him after week one. Exactly. He was free. Yeah. So we're on to the NFC South here. We're going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan, what can I say? It's it's Matt Ryan. He is not a, a sexy quarterback by any stretch of imagination. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what he looks like. Um, I'm sure he's he's a fairly good looking chap, but he doesn't run the ball. He's getting older. He's becoming a very vanilla quarterback as far as fantasy wise. He's going as the wide receiver uh, 15 off the board according to ADP. He's probably more of just a a a, a week by week streamer sort of thing, you know, scenario by scenario, given what the defense is or defense is going up against and everything. Excuse me. On to Mike Davis here, as of right now, say what you want about Wayne Gallman, but he's Mike Davis is really the only fantasy relevant at, at as far as going into drafts that you're really worried about. He's going up. He, I just I don't understand why the the Falcons kind of decided to punt for lack of a better term on the running back position two years in a row. They 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 tried the Todd Gurley experiment last year. I mean, it they didn't, didn't work take a- out. They didn't take a single back, or, or was Hawkins no, taken? Like, it was just six. Hawkins, anyways. And that and that guy was so Ridiculous. small, and just, and he got cut. Yep, and he got cut. Anyways, Mike Davis, he's the starting running back on an NFL offense. He's not going to bring you sexy stats, but as the wide receiver, or I'm sorry, the running back two off the board, eh, maybe go a little bit lower, maybe go a little bit higher. That's about the right range. Mm. Calvin Ridley, it's your time to shine, bro. Uh, you are the talented Mr. Ridley. You are a little bit smaller back than the prototypical, like Julio Jones style, like uh, Calvin Alpha. Johnson, like big, yeah. fast, you know, tall, wide receivers. But you've been, pr- you've proven last year that you can get it done. And once uh, Matt Ryan kind of got away from the Julio safety blanket due to Julio's injuries last season, you really shined. Let's keep it rolling. On a Russell Gage here. I have mentioned a lot of sleepers over the first part, and I will continue to mention some over this one. But Russell Gage could be one of those guys. You know, his ADP is the 1204. That's a perfect sleeper territory. He is the wide receiver, too, for the Atlanta Falcons, which has carried value over the past, what, decade, decade at least, yeah. with Julio mm-hmm. or Calvin Ridley or, or um, Roddy White. You know, they've, and, and this has all been more or less with. Um, Matt Ryan at, at the helm of this offense. So Russell Cage could really easily be a value here. He'll get his targets. Is he going to do much with them? Hard to say. Olamini Zacchaeus, he just uh, bears worth mentioning because A, I like saying his name, and he also had a game or two last season outside of injuries that he was did do some fantasy relevance. Draft him? No. Keep the odd name in mind. Kyle Pitts, the unicorn. Um, he is the legend that is already a legend, even though he hasn't done a single thing in the NFL regular season in his career. He's my tight end nine. He's Chris's tight end one in his heart, but really his like tight end five as of his six. last update. Yeah, we'll see. I think there are. And you were, you were talking, and you were talking about lowering him. So uh, whatever. Uh, many uh, expect Pitts to run more on the outside and soak up a lot of two, Julio's vacated targets, which is, I mean, that that's a good 
you know, I think it's a little bit of a lazy analysis, but you know, it's it's certainly possible. Uh, I'm not quite the believer in Pitts um, and the mammoth hype surrounding him, mainly because rookie tight ends really don't fare well in the NFL. It's a hard position transition to. We'll see what happens. I'm not a believer. Chris is. It, it's probably somewhere in the middle, to be perfectly honest about it. You know, Hayden Hurst, and maybe Chris is actually more a little more right than I am. I'm just not willing to spend that kind of draft capital on a rookie tight end. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to Hayden Hurst just real quick. He is, if the, the Falcons are like what everyone who thinks they know anything about fan, uh, about football, the real football and fantasy, if you look at the tight end or the Falcons roster, starting offensive roster, it looks like they're going to be running that 12 personnel set like we were talking about with the Patriots in the previous episode. And Hayden Hurst is more of that traditional tight end. He did have 88 targets last year. Yeah, some of that was a little bit due to injury, and Matt Ryan does utilize tight ends. He has a very long history of doing so. Mm, for sure. But I, I'm just like, and that 88 targets is probably what's going to get next season too. I just, or in 2021, I just, I don't, what is he going to do with them? I, I don't think it's going to be anything elite. Let's move along to Sam Darnold and his, now, now his Carolina Panthers. He is the quarterback there. He is the captain of the ship in Carolina. I, the one thing I don't like about uh, Sam Darnold is that the Carolina Panthers offensive line looks extremely shaky. It looks like Mm -hmm. it could be towards the bottom of the league, if not the bottom of the barrel, as far as offensive lines go that I've seen, I've seen what are supposedly be uh, uh, bad offensive lines turn into good, if not great offensive lines and, and like the turn of an off season. Hard to say that this is going to happen with the Carolina Panthers. That doesn't bode well for Sam Donald nor CMC, but CMC, he has done it well without, he has been elite with subpar offensive lines. Even if he, even like, and everyone, uh, everyone is thinking, you know, 2019 CMC, like he could have been a league winner for you. He wasn't for me because I went up against blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go back into it. But CMC, 80, but if 80, if he even uh, achieves 75% or even 80% of what he did in 2019, that's still an elite running back. That is Christian McCaffrey right there for you. His elite. backup is Ch- uh, Chuba Hubbard. He's more or less a handcuff. He's like a, I don't know, he's kind of a poor man's for CMC, really. You know? Speed. Um, but and, sure. and he could get some usage. He might have some games where he is fantasy relevant alongside CMC. I don't think he's going to necessarily siphon enough work away from him to make CMC like drop in value. But you know, whatever. Um, let's move along to these wide receivers here real quick. Where two out of the three of them are returning from last year. Obviously, um, Curtis, the aforementioned Curtis Samuel that you were just talking about, is not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Robbie Anderson. He finishes the. T- uh, the wide receiver 24, Teddy Bridgewater. The thing I like about Miss, Mr. Anderson here is that he, he showed me that he's not just a, I run fast downfield real straight. Um, he can actually run routes. and But I'm going to give the edge to DJ Moore here. He finished two spots above him, as we mentioned before. Mm. I, I, the only reason I'm picking DJ Moore over, over Robbie Anderson, and and it could just be, it could just be Robert Anderson because he's familiar with Sam Donald. Um, is I'm going with talent 
And I think DJ Moore is is ultimately the more talented guy over Robbie Anderson. Maybe just it's maybe we're splitting hairs here, but if I had to choose, it's DJ Moore. Uh, just real briefly on Terrace Marshall, he was he was the rookie that the the Panthers drafted, and there's been some preseason hype around him. Um, I'm probably staying away from him in drafts, but maybe if Sam Darnold becomes a legit uh, quarterback, he could be an option. Other than that, stay away. Uh, I'm I'm gonna bounce this to you real quick. What do you think about Dan Arnold, Chris? Um, Tight end for the been Carolina some, Panthers. There's been some D Arnold to, to Dan Arnold, you know. There's been some Darnold to D Arnold hype. Um, I was up on him a bit uh, a couple years ago in Arizona. A little bit of flashes there. Uh, just with the tight end landscape, lump him in with the other darts you want to throw and see what sticks against the wall. You know, that's where I'm at. Yeah, according to uh, Fantasy Football Calculator, I'm I'm looking at it literally right now. He's mm-hmm. not even going drafted. I mean, he's free. I'm still yeah. staying away. As as tight end dart throws, I'd much rather have Cole Komet. I'd rather have Hunter Henry, Zach mm-hmm. Ertz, your your boy Adam Troutman. I mean, like, just, yeah. Troutman. Yeah, I'd take him above that for sure. Uh, just, yeah, the best thing is wait two weeks, you know? All right, Literally. let's go move on to the New Orleans Saints and their freshly minted starting quarterback, Jameis Winston, let's formerly go, of the Tampa J-Mo. Bay Buccaneers. What? I said, let's go, JMO. I'm excited. I'm excited about him being the starting QB. Go ahead. Probably the That's right all. decision to make Jameis the starting quarterback. Sean Payton is going to have to be patient through Jameis Winston's interception games. He's probably going to make mm-hmm. those mistakes, but ultimately, I think it's going to be best for Adam Kamara or Adam. Adam? Who's Adam Kamara? Alvin Kamara. Um, does losing a Hall of Fame quarterback like Drew Brees affect Kamara? Of course it does. But I Absolutely. think, and, and that's just enough to bump Kamara down from the consensus, according to ADP, RB3, three or four. and down mm-hmm. to my RB7, which I think is actually more like the RB8 or somewhere, but it's RB6, 7, or 8 now since In I've rankings, actually written not these ADP. Notes. But oh, um, okay, okay. yeah. Um, Latavius Murray, he's just he's just the I'm not even gonna say he's the handcuff. He's just the guy there behind Alvin Kamara on the depth chart. Not really much of a handcuff. Let's move on to these uh pass catching weapons. Uh, let's just start with Michael Thomas here. He's he was put on the pup as of Tuesday, um, which was a couple days ago. That would have been uh August 31st, which means he's not gonna play in the first six weeks, but I'm thinking more it's gonna might be more like weeks eight that he actually that he actually starts so you're going to miss them for a long time and draft a player that you're going to actually hold on your bench for seven weeks no don't do that don't do not do that let someone else do let someone else draft michael thomas and then at, in about week four when they drop him then pick him up and stash him for three weeks instead of all seven weeks on to marcus calloway he has been the what center the heck, of a lot man. of recent yeah. hype. He has looked good with Jameis Winston at the helm. Mm-hmm. Is he Devonta Adams or is he Zach Sudfeld? In a sense that about like <laughs> four or five years ago, Devonta Adams, there was a lot of preseason hype around nobody. him. He had been with the Packers for a while. Yeah. And then he actually produced. Zach Sudfeld, on the other hand, was a tight end for the Patriots about that same time. Well, no, it was even longer ago than that. And he was just like, Gronk's hurt. Zach Sudfeld's going to be the real thing, blah, blah, blah. Come week one, didn't happen. They can make any tight end work type of 
outlook. Yeah, yep. blah blah yep. blah. Yep. All that yep. all that BS. Marcus Callaway sounds like it could be a real thing. His current ADP is the 1007. Maybe getting a little too rich for me, but and and I, and I think honestly, in like a couple of days, when people are doing the majority of their drafts, it might hit the ninth round, and I might I might be out on that on him by then. I, I don't know. We'll see. Just see how your draft goes. If you can get him yeah, exactly. at ten or later, exactly. Go ahead, click that draft button on Callaway. Uh, anything before then, pass. Deontay Harris, he's small, he's fast, he's a super cut guy. He returns kicks. He reminds me so much of Darren Sproles. Only plays at wide receiver instead of the running back. Um, he only had 25 targets last season, so I'm just gonna I'm just out on him. Your boy Adam Troutman. No 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 You know he's not just your preseason sleeper, but he's a lot of people's as well. Um uh, James Winston has certainly utilized tight end when he was in Tampa Bay, but he That's never a made point. a tight end in a, a focal point of his targets. So there's potential for Troutman to be there. Let's move along to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and stupid <laughs> Tom Brady. Y'all know my uh, my stance on this ass hat. I'm not going to go any further. He's whatever. Go. You know he's good. Go. I, Blah, blah, blah. Let's move on to something a little <laughs> bit more fantasy relevant. And that is Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. Is, agreed, is Lenny the, the week one pro, uh, primary back? Hard to say. He's going as the RB36 off the board at the 801, which is exactly around, about exactly around behind uh, Ronald Jones, who's the 32nd running back off the board, according to the calculator. Mm-hmm. Um I, I like Ronald Jones over Leonard Fournette as just sure talent wise. Mm-hmm. They both kind of do the same thing. Ronald Jones just does a little bit. He's just a little bit, has a little bit more burst. Fournette has a little bit more power. They both can uh, catch yeah. the ball rather well. I think well. Jones has got more juice. I think Jones is younger. Yeah, I'm I'm going Jones. If I had to, if gun to my head, Jones. Let's move on to Mike Evans. He's a big red zone weapon. Okay, whatever. I believe in the talent of, of, of uh, Rod Godwin. If oh, oh, I'm sorry, that that is Rod Christopher Godwin. My bad. Um, Great name. Yeah, Evans Evans trumps Godwin in size, but that's about it. I, I'm gonna go Godwin. Antonio Brown. I loved him a lot better when he was a mid to late round sleeper for me, but now he's going to the 708. And I, I really? liked Brown when he could be like that sneaky like. Wide receiver that's going to maybe get a thousand yards, and he was going in like the ninth round or whatever. And you might not be able to, you might not be able to hit on every game that he's going to be good, but you'll hit it on a couple of them as just like real, like you know, especially for a bi week filling kind of guy or whatever. Because I think that all three of these guys are actually going to hit a thousand plus receiving yards this season. I just don't know who can do it the most, the the most consistently as far as week in and week out production. But I'm going to go with talent. And that's going to be Chris, the younger, more talented guy. And that's Chris Godwin. On a Gronk, mm-hmm. nope, don't care. He's old, he's big, and that's about all he is. That's my all I got for the NFC South. What? Well, let's move on to the NFC West, where my favorite quarterback in the league right now is currently playing. Let's let's go talk about that NFC West. NFC West. Let's lead off with the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler now we're Murray. my favorite quarterback quarterback plays. But go ahead. What's that? Your favorite no, quarterback, favorite Kyler Murray. Keep going. Kyler Murray could finish as the quarterback one over all of the others. It's possible. 
It's very possible, despite Josh's hesitancy. No, I, I concede. Keep going. I don't usually draft QBs early, but this kid is due for a historic season through the air and on the ground. Unfortunately, there isn't in a clear uh, beneficiary in the RB room for the Cardinals. Chase would be my uh, uh, Chase Edmond was would be my preference depending on price due to his pass catching chops. However, Connor seems to be in line for goal line duties. Uh, Nuke Hopkins is a top three wide receiver. Enough said. After that, I really liked what I saw out of Rondale Moore in the preseason. It seems he will have packages for him to get the ball in space. But also, uh, he was working out of slot very well. People seem to forget that he is a comp very accomplished actual wide receiver he is coming out of college. Yep. Yes, a year off. But he's not just a gadget. A lot of volume in this attack, but I'm not sure there's a clear-cut number two guy at the wide receiver position. And they do one four wide receivers a lot more than any other teams in the league, so it's 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 kind of convoluted there. Um, Can I ask that, you a question? Uh, yeah, for sure, sure. Did you say that Rondell Moore took a year off in college? Meaning, I don't think it's 2020 was terribly productive. Big Ten, right? Six games or something? Oh, did he opt out? Yeah, well. Oh, was he one of those like mid-season opt-outs? Maybe. Was it? Was there such a okay, thing? Okay, let's keep rolling. Sorry, yeah, I, let's keep I, rolling. I'm like, good. Did, did, we can did, vet did that some other right? time. Huh? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Keep, keep going. Let's roll. No, you're good. I don't have a. I don't have a tight end uh, of consequence to mention for the Cardinals. Am I crazy? I don't think uh, the Cardinals. Were, I don't think it's in Cliff yeah. Kingsbury's Again, kind of thing. They're going to run four wide receivers. It's not. It's not the in vogue thing the three in the, to, the three to four they'll run three to four more than any other especially four and and um, and it's chase Edmonds, maybe like at, at sometimes like that that fourth or even james connor you know well real quick to come back to thought. that that fourth person on the field if you will depending on obviously five offensive linemen and a quarterback is that they run a hurry up more than like this team most likely will finish with the top volume in the league period Passing, running, all of it. Most plays run. Period. Because on defense, but yeah, be, well, not yeah, but that's fine. But also the coaching philosophy coming from college, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Point is, look for volume there. I don't have a clear cut number two wide receiver to throw out for you there. Hopefully, Chase Edmonds gets more of the catches coming out of the backfield. Uh, right. Otherwise, uh, keep an eye on Rondale. Let's move on to the Seahawks. Okay. Seahawks, uh, another QB I am a huge, immensely huge fan of, but probably won't pay up to draft him. Uh, many expect another Jekyll Hyde season from Russell Wilson. Uh, Carroll and the Seattle play callers, so. you know, have kind of given us a bad taste in our mouth. That's just let's just move on from that uh chris carson's value is hard to deny uh even with his faults basically injury he's one of a handful of guys that has a sizable snap share that you can almost guarantee he will get given health true uh i think a lot of us are prepared for another big dk season if not like a secondary breakout from dk uh, metcalf we'll see how it plays out uh but dk isn't the one you have to worry about uh he'll get his Lockett is the volatile one it's hard to argue against the detractors he has been inefficient uh but i'm holding out hope for a more consistent year from Lockett, given a slightly more consistent passing volume from the coaching staff and russell wilson 
uh, Gerald Everett uh, at tight end has been getting some buzz and some love from Wilson mm-hmm. lately. So he could be a tight end dart throw to target if you absolutely punt on tight end. Let's move Can on I to the nine. Real quick. Absolutely. Just just about the just about the Seahawks and Gerald Everett is that um, I believe that there was there I and I don't remember where I saw it, but there was some talk about uh, Russell Wilson saying he's like I just really love that Gerald Everett is there or there was a, it was a beat writer I'm sorry it was a beat writer that was saying that Russell Wilson has said that he really loves that Gerald Everett is a do it all kind of tight end he can block he can do this he does like they don't have to sub in in and out tight ends or whatever. And I'm like, if you can just have him on the field at all times and just do it, like, like even just do it like a little chip block I think and out there for a little dump off pass. Gerald Everett might be that third tight, that third pass catcher. You know, I think Disley was an underrated pass catcher slash athlete. He's like retired though. I know that's what I'm getting at. Is if it weren't for his health, yeah. I think he might have been more consistent for them. All right, let's yeah. move on. Uh, let's move on to the Niners. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G is going to and probably should be the guy most, if not all the season for the uh, Niners at quarterback. I believe in Lance's talent, but hasn't played football in forever. And when he did, it was for North Dakota State. And I think we, we harped on this like back in July a little bit. Like, I understand the hype he's gotten. You know, quick little interlude. I watched him throw a little uh, 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 accuracy contest into a bucket, for lack of a better term, with... I think it was the Dolphins and the Niners had a scrimmage together and Lance looked really bad <laughs> in terms of accuracy. You're talking like, what is his name? Jake Sudfeld of all names was throwing, like won it. And it's just whatever. Zach. I know that doesn't mean anything in fantasy Zach football. Or, thank you. I thought, did I say Zach? Whatever I said. You said Jake. Uh, thank you. Um, just, Whatever. I know that doesn't mean anything with fantasy. I doesn't, those doesn't mean anything with real football. Hell, he might even have packages ran up for, uh, drawn up for him to run the ball. But I think I think Jimmy G is a Super Bowl quarterback, literally. And you have to give him the benefit of the doubt right now. And he also got hurt that year. So I think he's the guy most of the season. And that, that is a bit of a far cry from what I said in the beginning of the offseason. The San Fran running backs, that what's, that's what we really care about, right? While elusive to figure out, whoever figures out, the guy is given week, reward you with a very reliable RB1. Mostert is the guy, but keep your eye on Trey Sermon. Uh, we mentioned earlier in a sh- uh, you know this big episode that Gallman, Wayne Gallman got cut, so that just is opening up the, that lane for Trey Sermon to either have a minor week-to-week role or a major role if god forbid something happens to moster which has happened before i'm not sure how well we can expect the 49ers wide receivers to perform in a run heavy attack with an all pro tight end commanding targets but there's hope for brandon Ayuk can take a step forward with an actual off season because remember he was a rookie last year under his belt and the stability of the quarterback situation Debo will have fantasy relevant games for sure, probably blow up games, but he tends to be unreliable due to his health and his usage. Again, run run heavy attack. Let's go on to the tight end. Do you want to interrupt? Nope, I just said true. That's all. Kittle is amazing. Just a little pricey in relation to other tight ends going after him. If he slips to the fourth round, I'm all over it. I'm just not over this late second this mid-third stuff. Yeah. There's too much value to be had in your Tanyans, depending on how you feel about Kyle Pitts, et cetera, et cetera. That's my 49ers spiel. 
Let's move on to another very interesting team in this in this uh, division. I'm, I just love this division this year. So the Rams, uh, Stafford. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Stafford has over 500 passing attempts and 4,000 passing yards in every one of his quote healthy seasons of his mm -hmm. career, except for one. Last he's year. Not he's uh, yeah. He's not coming in here to hand the ball off to Daryl Henderson, Sony Michelle, or Xavier Jones. They're going to throw. The Acres injury just reinforces that for McVay, and I I want to enforce that McVay name. He is one of a, I don't know, let's say several coaches in the league that is going to adjust his personnel. If you have Matthew Stafford on your roster at this point in his career, you're not going to de defer to a gosh darn Daryl Henderson. Let me continue. Daryl Henderson is still slotted as the, quote, guy in L.A. We've had growing concerns when you factor in the Rams know what they had in Henderson a year ago and still chose to take a running back in the second round, then turn around after the, at the, after the Akers injury and bring in Sony Michelle. Xavier, I'm sorry, Xavier Jones, uh, 72 college catches. That is nothing to sneeze at in terms of the other hype that we've heard about Xavier Jones coming from the coaching staff. How many years? Uh, three or four. Three? I feel like he's a bit of an older, like senior player, senior, senior rookie coming yeah, I think in. I think he's just a guy, but okay. But he might be 23, 24, uh, good three or four years in college. Uh, plus it was what? SNU, he's a David Johnson. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to the receivers. Pick your guy here. Both should have a great year. I am talking cup. I, I'm sorry. I'm taking cup for three reasons. He's cheaper. He is a slot slash possession guy, so probably more targets and receptions. And we'll You're have a fan of two girls, one cup. Yeah, right now. And is the greater red zone threat. Look at look at Ro uh, Robert Woods. Yes, I understand you have to you have to maybe omit the Buffalo years, but look at Robert Woods' touchdown production. He is not a red zone guy. I'm not saying it's a size thing because Cup is probably even slider of build, but. Cup has a nose for the They're end zone. They're about the Cup. same size, though, aren't they? That's exactly what I'm saying. They're either the same size, if not defer to Cup being smaller. But Cup has a better nose for the end zone. He has been more of a red zone oh. threat throughout his career. I'm going to defer to the guy that has a slot role, the possession receiver role, and particularly in a full PPR, but still a half PPR. And I'm also going to defer to the guy that's uh, the better red zone threat. He, and, 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 and lastly, have, the better, the cheaper guy. He's still cheaper. Two inches taller. Cup is Cup two, is inches, two taller? inches taller. Okay, so more like a six-one guy, six-two, six-two. Thank you. According to Wikipedia. Way. Wow. Okay, that, that that's significant. But again, yeah, absolutely better red zone guy. Uh, probably more targets in the slot, and uh, you know, cheaper. <laughs> it's the big one. Let's go on to Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby has definitely flashed in the past. 2019, he had 69, re 69 nice receptions, 734 yeah. yards, and three touchdowns. And he ended up the tight end eight in fantasy in only 15 games. Stavner hasn't been a quote tight end guy, but at the end of the ninth, maybe even the double digit rounds, if, if, if Higby falls a little bit, as a tight end 12 in ADP, he's hard to pass up there considering the opportunity he has in this particular offense. It, can we uh, circle back to Stafford not being a tight end guy and the fact that Eric Ebron Absolutely. in his hands of stone discussion. 
He literally like has hands that are like molded out of stone. And he's and a who, first round pick, Josh. That is yeah, incredibly he frustrating from a from a, from a QB and a personnel. And, 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 and a you know, Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson was the same way, but he improved last year. He only year. got he a was, year or two. He only got a year or two or a year and a half, right? With what? Hawkinson. Am I crazy? Or was it a solid three or four years with Hawkinson and Stafford? Two. Two. That's what I thought. And I thought like that. 2020. Wasn't there some time missed by either one of them, too? Like it might have amounted um, A to... lot in 2019, I think. I think they it might have They amounted. did not coincide together. I think it might have been more of a year and a half than it was two years. But, yes. It was because is... Stafford missed, like, the back half of 2019. Anyways, I just, like, man. I that's why I think Higby is. So that's why I think Higby is, you know. And he, he was with Gerald Matthew Everett Stafford in, in is LA. probably the best and and so for, and if he's going behind Justin Herbert, I think it's a shame because Matthew Stafford is probably the best, like prototypical stand in the pocket quarterback. His volume, his attempts, his yards, elite. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, like, he's played with some subpar personnel. He's played with some awful exactly. offensive lines and no freaking running game for goodness sakes. So I expect better things. I think we both do. He can, but I mean Stafford. He can do it every level of the passing offense. He can do it short. He can do it middle. Middle. He and can again, do it long. He's and again, the he coaching is, staff. The coaching staff, man. I believe in this coaching staff. I think we all should. Yeah. He's what Sean McVay wants. I think the only thing that Sean McVay wants out of Matthew Stafford more is just a little bit more mobility. But that's just whatever. It. I don't know, man. I just. I love and it. the money. Let's they've move on invested to some factor fantasy. Let's 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 keep moving. Let's let's move. And let's real move. quick, let's move. the money they've invested on the defensive side of the ball actually does play into fantasy. Even despite I'm going to start. I'm going to wait. Let's go. Let's go. Allen Robinson finishes as a top seven wide receiver. Ooh. I chose his number specifically. It's in within fantasy. the top ten factor fantasy. Fantasy. Okay, it's so in close. twenty, it's so in twenty twenty, as we know, we know never Robinson's quarterback situation. I'll, I'll, he I'll finishes. He, wait, wait, I'm not done. Allen Robinson finishes wide receiver twelve, and was only seventeen point nine points away from finishing as the seventeenth seven or the seventh seven, place seven, 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 Yeah, yeah. A wide receiver who was DK Metcalf. Now, if you give Allen Robinson a little bit more efficiency with with uh, a couple more touchdowns, literally two more touchdowns and a few more receptions and about like 20 more yards, makes him wide receiver seven. I want to go fact. And I believe that Andy Dalton is good enough. And Justin Fields, if you believe that Justin Fields is good enough to do it, I believe that they're both more, excuse me, more talented than Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. Well, for sure, more than Trubisky uh, and Foles, for sure. Yeah, I, I see what you're getting at. Give it, give him X amount of more stats, given his. It, I'm, I'm literally talking about like, two more touchdowns. Which guys in there? Five yeah. more catches, more yards. Boom, done. I like the regardless of which QB is in angle. I really do because I do believe in Dalton a bit. However, most of my Robinson or any really any Chicago weapon love, Chicago offensive weapon love is based on Fields taking yep, over. I know, we know you like Foles. Let's let's let's, let's keep rolling. Fields, let's, sorry, not we're, Foles. we're running along. Fields, you said Foles. I do not love Fields. I know. I meant I meant Fields. My bad. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I think I'm up. next. I did mean Fields. I think I'm up. What next. do you got? 
Oh, I'm way up here on the AFC where we got to scroll down. My apologies. I went back up. Hit me with your best shot. I got it. We'll just, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. My faves, right? Let's go. My fave fact of fantasy Dak wins the MVP. Let's just go off the fantasy rails here. Is that too much binary? Is that too much one or zero? It probably is. No, Dak no, no, it's field. fine. No, I'm, I'm thinking I'm okay. like, I'm trying to give you a quick answer. And I'm just like, I know. I'm going to say makes it a good question. I guess it makes it a reasonable question. Go I'm going to say fantasy, but it's certainly within the realm of possibility. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I actually that verbally that's and, and, and like, way, but I'm like, I'm trying to think it. of like who would actually be it. And I mean, just... I mean, Mick Mahomes is every yeah, single that's, season. That's probably, that's and probably really there. maybe or, even or, Aaron Rodgers right now. Maybe even I was going to, I was going to say Josh Allen. Um, I, I have a couple of bold takes here, and some of them are a little off, uh, a little off kilter. Um, and you know about this one, but uh, Delvin Cook finishes as the number five overall fantasy scorer in twenty twenty one. I got, I have, I have like Delvin Cook. I'm sorry, Delvin Cook five or higher overall fantasy, regardless of position. And right? I have stats to pull this to, to for this one. Well, I mean, he's the. So let me think this through out loud for two seconds. He's the RB two. He's the one o two. Yeah, fact. Okay, so here's here's why you, you know could what? potentially be I'm wrong. Almost, in 2017, almost, Todd Gurley mm-hmm. was the number one overall scorer at 351 points. Le'Veon Bell was a fourth overall scorer at 299.1 fantasy points. Those are the top two running backs in, in the that same season. season? Oh wow! Okay. Same season, 2017, and the other two in between, and number two and number three overall were quarterbacks. These of are going to all be quarterbacks or not running. That's backs, why so I second guess my answer at the last second. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Here's 2018. Todd Gurley, number three at 352.6, and Saquon Barkley at number five at 340.3. Everything in between, everything that I did mention there in the top five were also quarterbacks. quarterbacks. 2019, of course, the CMC season and versus Lamar Jackson season. CMC was the number two overall score with 413. Oh, really? He was second to Lamar points. That year? Wow. The number two at, at yep. 413. Here's so 2020, fantasy. though. Alvin Kamara finished 11th overall. With 336.3 points, Derrick Henry was 12th at 323. I'm going fantasy because even if you gave uh, Dalvin Cook 350 points in 2018, he was the number two. If you gave him 320 po- 350 points in 2019, he was number three. In 2020, he would have tied Tom Brady as the number eight exact, like dead nuts tie. Yeah. Tom Brady is the number eight overall scorer in fantasy. I'm saying fantasy because it's just a quarterback league. Go ahead. Oh, no, I'm not next. My apologies. Oh, okay. I've got factor fantasy for the Rams because we love talking Rams. I love the Rams. I love Matthew Stafford so much. <sighs> I would Henderson. dare his children if I could. <laughs> right. Daryl Henderson finishes with more carries than Damian Harris. Factor fantasy. Damian Harris ended up with like 150 something maybe last season. Their pro stats and, are so similar in two, in two, in, and, in like 
two two seasons. Daryl Henderson was like about a like year. a buck sixty last year, but Henderson or but Harris missed like six games. That's fair. I'm, I saw the same thing when I looked it up. Yep. Well, okay, so say, tell it to me one more time before I give you my the answer. Factor Fantasy, Daryl Henderson finishes with more carries than Damian Harris. Carries. Carries. On the ground, rushes. Carries. Because we know Damian I'm going Harris fantasy. is not. Okay, I agree. I think I'm just Damian... I just want to qual- I just wanted to yeah. to qualify that it was not touches, overall touches. It was I carries. worry that me and you should quell some of our Daryl Henderson I'm sorry, some of our Daryl Henderson love. I was I was giving him a but little bit more I, than last season. I'm still season, thinking he yeah, probably Ramondre finishes Stevenson with more carries. Be in there. Yeah, I just I think Daryl I think uh 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 Henderson, Daryl Henderson is just more like a fifty five forty five guy. guy. Well, more like a fifty five percent guy or sixty at best. Not a an effective guy, but a guy. Um here's a quick one. A real mm-hmm. quick one. Dan Arnold finishes as a tight end one this season. So a top 12 tight end. Factor fantasy. Given how I feel about a Jarwin or a Higby or a Komet, I'm going to go f- fantasy. I'm going fantasy and not even close. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't think he, but yeah. I like Arnold as, as, a, as a sleeper. I mean, he could easily hit like 13 and he is. could be like 13 and miss it by like a half a point. He's not going to be worth the I'm risk. I'm still going fantasy. Yeah. You yeah. got another one? Uh, Got another one? No, I think I'm out. Okay, here's one that, that you might here's one you might enjoy. Mm-hmm. Adam Troutman, or Adam Troutman, actually, there's no U in his name if you ever actually look it up. Or, or I'm sorry, no, there's no O in his name. It's a Troutman with two A's. Um, Adam Troutman finishes with more fantasy points than his teammate, wide receiver Traquan Smith. Fact or fantasy? You got to consider Callaway. You got to consider Jawan Johnson, I believe was his last name. Uh, fact. Michael Thomas will come back at some point. Uh, I don't know if he ever plays for the Saints again, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I'm going to go fact. I am also going fact. I don't really think that Quan Smith is all that, nor is he a bag of chips. So I'm going Trout Man on this one. Yeah. Yeah, Here's another one. Russell Gage finishes inside. the. So he's a top 30 wide receiver, a top 30 fantasy wide receiver this season. Fact or fantasy? Fact. fact. I am also going fact. He, finishes, he finished as wide receiver 37 last year with Julio playing – Seven or eight games, I can't remember which. I think it's seven mm-hmm. games, mm-hmm. and so therefore, and and this was like Julio was playing more in the beginning of the season, the later half of the season. So yeah, Russell Gage, top thirty wide receiver. Oh, he kind of alluded that to earlier. Another one. But let's bounce back. This one is outside of injury. Jamal Williams finishes his with more points, fantasy points than DeAndre Swift. I knew you were going to say Swift. <sighs> At this point, I'm gonna go. I have to go fantasy. I'm gonna. I'm gonna assume Swift is healthy enough in the first, after the first week or two, to take on a because because the, the talent is there, basically. Yeah, I'm gonna assume that even if the DeAndre Swift misses week one, that he's still gonna outperform Jamal still make, Williams. Make assuming that Jamal Williams plays all 16 games and Swift miss, plays like 15, or, or I'm sorry, yeah, all 17, it, it, and Swift plays all like 16 after that. It, you know, it would have to take the coaching staff to do a, to a do a 180, basically. Like, okay, we're gonna now end we're this gonna on a Jamal. Doozy. We're gonna end this on a doozy, and let's cut out here. Let's do it. 
Marquez Valdez-Scantling scores 160-plus fantasy points this season. That's 160 or more. This one's difficult because you don't know what 160 fantasy points really is in context. So I I feel like I have a little bit of a... uh, uh... Uh, insight there to 160. It's a pretty respectable fa- uh, wide receiver. Mm, I want to say just out of the 20, just right around 24. I don't think he can do that. I think it's going to be a Tanyan. It's going to be Devontae Adams and an Aaron Jones show. So let me tell you what 160 fantasy points uh, gave you as the wide receiver 31 last season. 31. You said 26. Okay. I was I off by a good seven slots. Yep. That's not bad, though. That's not a bad guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, MVS, yeah. he finished with 120.8 half PPR points. Um, I, I know that, the that was a little redundant, sure. and I'll laugh at myself for being um, so <laughs> foolish to say so. But that was um, the well within so, 48. So jumping from 120.8 points to 160, that's a big jump. That's I mean, that's a big jump. 30 to 40 fantasy um, points. Considering he's never done it, even with Devonta Adams missing time last season or in the year before that, too. Mm-hmm. I'm cons- I'm calling it fantasy. I mean, I'm calling it boldly fantasy. But I'm saying it could happen. I'm giving it like a, a 33%, 35% chance that it could happen if MVS can really like thick like soften up those hands and catch some balls and learn how to track that ball better, like I said earlier, and then in this part of this mega episode, this is like, it's a possibility. He just needs to put it all together. I just don't know if he can going into year four, I believe I said already. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's I mean, not if, unheard if of. There's another it's... option in that offense. I think he's the one. I mean, they're not going to throw the, they're not going to throw it to Dylan. And we've already given Dude, if, top- if if MVS could really pull put it together and, mm-hmm. and like I've saw it last season when Aaron Rodgers was at his more or less his the peak of his game, is that there was times where he was looking downfield for MVS and he was he was going away from him just because he well, was, was unsure correct me that if I'm wrong, MVS was it not could a, actually catch that ball that he was throwing to him. Correct me if I'm wrong, was it not a playoff run or a late season plus playoff run? I feel like in the first couple rounds of the playoffs he was just he was catching those deep bombs, and it was it was a it was a unguardable uh, unguardable offense. At one point, I because, think it was MBS because he, was he making because he's, plays. because like I said before, he's six four. I don't know what his like his like forty times uh, is, but he's fast. He's so fast. He just doesn't yeah. have hands or field vision and or moves back to, your to point shake earlier. anyone off, other than yeah. being fast. Let's call it. Let's call it a show, man. Let's call it a Let, show. Let's let's go it. Uh, what? Um, so as we stated before on Sundays, we stream. We we do um, injury news updates. We do lineup questions. If you have any lineup questions, we're here to answer your lineup questions. I mean, like, um, I always have friends that need lineup questions. Chris pretends that he has friends and they need lineup <laughs> questions, but really for his lineups, whereas mine are legit one. friends, legit. But we're also here. We stream. We have a good time. You know, we have some coffee. We talk. You know, um, there there might be a um, some PG thirteen dirty jokes that are thrown around there, but not like definitely, you know, definitely R. a more laid back atmosphere. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a non structured sort of thing. The only thing structured is the injury part. You know, it's just like, hey, yeah. the so and so is not going to play. Hey, we get that so and so doesn't look like it's going to play. Um, join our Discord channel. Like all like. 
Chris has been super solid about putting injury or like injury news up in into the news. And it's not just him, but I mean, to, le- to a much lesser extent, it's myself. And also other, other every other person part of the community has also been throwing it in there too, which is super oh, awesome. I yep. really love it that everyone else is also helping contribute to that sort of thing. RWC, well. shout out. Yep. Yeah. So like join us like if you want to if like we always include the link into the show notes and everything check it out if you're checking us out in youtube format of course you can always check us out in podcast format wherever podcasts are available literally wherever podcasts are available whether it's you're getting it from from itunes or you're getting it from spotify or google podcasts or you're getting it from a a spalding behind your local uh craft store you know, Spalding's got Spalding's got your AFFB podcast format there. We don't we don't encourage you to get it from Spalding, but if you want to get it from Spalding, he's got you covered. So if you are checking out our <laughs> podcast via uh, via Spalding's um, cloak of of podcasts, uh, I you can should see the, really check us out on YouTube and not go to Spalding coming in. And you can check us out um, <laughs> on our YouTube channel. Just search for Amazing Fantasy Football on YouTube. We do we do do Sunday morning streams like I already, I already talked about. Doo-doo. I'm getting tired. And you said do do. And Mortal Thing is really like, share, and subscribe, folks. We're going to have amazing like, fantasy share, advice all and... season long. Weekly content. Sign up. Yes. And until next time, folks, uh, which we will be doing a live stream of our Friends yes. of Benefits, which is our listener league. Our Discord league. Yeah, our listener league. Our Absolutely. Discord league. So until next time, have a good one, everyone. Peace.